Okay, I'll call the meeting, to the regular town council meeting, October 12th to order at 5 p.m. So everyone has the agenda in front of them. Are there any additions or deletions? We have one uh, addition there, uh, okay. Deputy Mayor Manzer, and that is under section 14, uh, number one, point, division two, exceptions to disclosure, section 21, disclosure harm for intergovernmental relations. And I'd just like to let know that uh, Councilor Ford might or might not be in. He's just having some technical difficulties. So he's gonna try and reboot his computer right now. Okay. Uh, Councilor Scammerhorn? Yeah, just under uh, reports, the North Peace Housing Report, that generally is under information. Okay, so. As it's a committee of council, sir, we usually put it under reports because it's a committee report. If it's outside of council committees, such as North Peace Tourism or Mighty Peace Tourism, then we put it under information. North I believe it is not a committee of council. Say again, sir? Both it is not a committee of council. Both North Peace Housing reports should be information. It's not a committee of council. We're not under the Municipal Government Act. We're under the Alberta Housing Act and Alberta Seniors Act. I will make the amendment. I will make it on the oh. agenda now. Thank you. Okay. Uh, anything uh, further in the way of additions, deletions, changes? <laughs> um, would someone move the agenda as uh, amended? So Council moved, Deputy Mayor. Councillor Downing, all those in favor of the motion? Great, it is carried. Now we have the minutes of the September 27th um, regular council meeting in front of us. Had a chance to review it. Any changes that come to your mind? Someone would like to- Deputy Mayor, if there's no changes from my colleagues, I would move the minutes of September 27th as presented. Okay, thank you, Councillor Needham. Uh, any further discussion? All those in favor of the motion to approve the minutes? Great, they, it is carried. Um, now, uh, count, er, Mr. Parker, any public hearings? There are none. How about presentations? There are none of those. Okay, we're at section six bylaws. We have a request for a decision with respect to the 2107 collection of biosolids, snow and hydrovac tailings bylaw. And Mr. And McQuake will take us through that. Thank you. Mr. McQuaid. Good evening, uh, Deputy Mayor and Council. So before you tonight, uh, we just have, uh, uh, as part of our policy review, uh, we looked at uh, the vacuum truck dumping policy. As we went through this, we uh, quickly realized uh, that part of the, uh, one of the elements of this uh, policy that was missing was an enforcement piece. So to uh, recraft this, we had to recraft it as a bylaw. And essentially what we're looking at uh, with this bylaw is uh, what, how we're handling some of our solid waste matter in terms of uh, biosolid matter that gets dumped at uh, our waste uh, transfer station by lift three, uh, what we look at accepting into our Sani station downtown by the bridge, uh, what we accept into our lagoon systems by on Weberville Road. So basically, that's what we're looking at uh, with this bylaw. And uh, one of the things that we wanted to look at with that was the, the penalty and infractions uh, if somebody was not meeting that. Now, uh, when we're looking at the infraction side of things, one of the things that we based it on is if we had uh, a contaminant introduced into our, our waste transfer station at lift three to the effect that it uh, shut down our wastewater plant, which is just to the north of that, you know, we're looking at uh, costs up to 50000 to deal with cleaning that because you'd have to there again, depending upon, you know, what contaminant was introduced in there and how far, far it got into the system. Uh, you know, to just look and 
we've got some real costs that we know uh, having gone through our aeration cleaning project this year. And so 50,000 is not a reasonable amount to look forward into that. So within the bylaw, we've got our definitions or general prohibitions within that. And one of the things that we wanted to point out within that is uh, hydrovac tailings from private contractors are not allowed within town facilities unless authorized by uh, the town of Peace River. And uh, where we're getting at with this is uh, a lot of times we don't have control of what people are picking up it, uh, for their hydrovac tailings. Uh, so where we have contractors on our projects and we know what is going into those tailings, then we can determine you know, whether we're going to accept them there or not. And generally, most of the time that we're having those hydrovacs are on our sewer break projects or uh, on water breaks. So usually we're dealing with non-contaminated soil. But if we know we have contaminants in there, then we're going to make separate arrangements to deal with those. But with other, uh, other outside contractors, uh, there are other areas that uh, they can take those uh, tailings to and dispose of them. Uh, our snow dump areas, we wanted to define a little bit about that uh, and what that facility is there. And for each one of these facilities, we wanted to also point out that each of these facilities are purpose built. So they're there to do one job and one job only. So uh, at the snow dump, we don't want to see that become uh, a refuse pile out there. You know, you know, previous we've had problems out there with people uh, dumping garbage out there. Uh, so there we've, you know, introduced some fencing and some uh, control around that to, to prevent that. And uh, ever, uh, last couple of years, we've had a fairly clean snow dump area. Uh, we can accept some of our uh, hydrovac tailings into that area as well. But there again, it's uh, material that we know about. The RV residential uh, sanity station we've talked about. So, yeah, we definitely want to provide quality service for our RV uh, users in the area, uh, both our residents and guests to the town of Peace River. We want to make sure that that facility is available to them and is used properly. Uh, we have the commercial sanding station, which we've talked about at level three. And then last of all, the Weberville Biosols facility, which is uh, its primary purpose is to receive uh, waste sludge from our wastewater treatment plant. That, that's what it is designed for. That's what it's approved for under Alberta environment. So we wanted to make sure that that gets included in the bylaw that is purpose built. That is what uh, goes into there. And we wanted to make sure uh, people that are running those facilities, those are the ones that have control over those facilities to have to say what goes in there, what doesn't go into there. Uh, so, at that point, uh, just take any questions that you might have. Councillor Good. Yeah, I sort of two questions, Jim. For the um, commercial entities that are like your vacuum trucks, yeah. how many of those would you get in a year of people wanting to use our, um, our dumping spots for their trucks? Uh, it goes up and down, uh, usually probably one or two a month, maybe. Uh, it hasn't been used all that frequently uh, this year, but we've probably, I think, maybe three or four times. Okay. Have we had discussions um, with those companies prior to this bylaw being put out? The reason I'm asking is um, we're asking for first, second, and third reading, and yep. normally if if there's a potential where we should be discussing this with companies that are going to be using our stuff and getting some input from them, we would not do the three readings in one night. So have we had discussions with those companies and would it be a good idea to maybe give them a bit of time to say, well, here's, here's what we'd like to see happen or anything like that? Well, uh, to be perfectly honest, uh, no, because, you know, these facilities are governed under our wastewater approvals act and, and our approvals. So, you know, there we're dictated by environment of what we can and can accept at these stations. So the contractor side doesn't come into play into this one. Uh, you know, we do our best to facilitate and uh, provide a service for those contractors, but at the same time, 
you know, uh, we have to abide by the regulations on the environment side. It's just so I understand, in other words, you're getting a commitment from them that there's nothing that they're putting, that there's nothing in their content that's going to... Um, yeah, before, before they transfer those materials in, they tell us, you know, what those materials are, where they've received those materials, and we'll uh, follow through and make sure that, you know, they're not going to cause an upset into our system. That clarifies my question. Thank you. Councillor Scamahorn, then Councillor Needham. Uh, I actually had the same question as uh, Councillor Good, interestingly enough, and I believe it's been addressed, so we'll carry on. <laughs> Councillor Needham. <laughs> I, I just, for uh, back to Don's, but yeah, I think the last time we saw uh, activity in Hypervax is when Telus did their fiber optic in town. So that was a busy year, but I suspect, as Jim has said, or it's obviously fallen off considerably. Uh, but just a couple of questions, uh, Jim. Uh, so my reading is we do we do no longer a rhetorical question. We don't haul snow across the bridge anymore. We've got a dump on the west side. We've got a dump on the east side. Is that correct? Yes, we do. You know, okay. there are occasions that if one dump gets filled over the other, like uh, the dump, the snow dump on Weberville is. Uh, is definitely a lot smaller than the one over on the east side. Right. So, uh, but generally we've been able to avoid taking that snow across the bridge. Well, it was always, yeah, the, the traffic problem, the cost problem, uh, <laughs> you know, our our voters are asking us, what the hell are we doing taking snow across the bridge? So, so okay, great, I've got that answered. And then just a, a third point, if I may, Deputy Mayor. Uh, so we have a number of uh, car washes in town, Jim, uh, large, commercial operations. Yep. And I guess the question is, is they obviously have tailings. So is their business and their disposal of that product related to this bylaw somehow? I I, I did no, read it no. and I, yeah. I it's, it's not. No, so uh, because uh, basically those, uh, those uh, tailings would have hydrocarbons in them, which we can't accept into our facilities. We're not set up for that. Oh, okay, so we don't, we're not regulating the car wash industry, no. for lack of a better word here. No, we, they, I think we've had one or two of them uh, talk to us about that and check in to see if we could receive those. But once right. they understood that we're not set up to receive those, and they found alternate locations. So, those, so those, those businesses do their own thing, private property, whatever they... Mm -hmm. Good. All right, thanks uh, for that. It was... Uh, I appreciate the clarification. Councillor Downing. Thank you, Madam Deputy Mayor. Uh, I appreciate the question that Dawn made, and I just need to circle back a little bit again to it, Jim. Anytime we put in a penalty, uh, the flag goes off in, yeah, we're protecting the taxpayer, I get that. Um, but are we, or have we been faced with this issue? Is this something that we're being faced with? And and uh, that, the, that the council should be aware that yeah, we have people who are breaking the rules and this is part of the reason that we had to include a penalty in this? Uh, for the last three years, I don't recall of a time when we found somebody that was uh, breaking that uh, rule to bring in contaminated material. But, uh, but having said that, I, I still have to look at, you know, when we're looking at penalties, if somebody did, what, what would be the outcome? You know, and, right. you know, I can't hold and I don't think the taxpayers would, you know, want to uh, subsidize somebody uh, breaking that law or and we're we're facing the bill of, you know, 40, 50,000 mm dollars, -hmm. you know, without us trying to recover that. Right. And so going back to the residential RV sanitary transfer station, I mean, it's been a while since that's been open, but. Is that was that an issue for us? Did we see commercial people trying to dump in there, or did no, that? It's not really set up for uh, commercial transfer in that area. Okay. Uh, most of that we were seeing in list station number three, and basically, you know, we can control that through you know changing the locks down there to make sure we've got control of of the locks down there and uh, and controlling who has access into there. 
Okay, so what you're, I'm hearing is that we're trying to put some controls in so we don't end up in the penalty stage. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Deputy Mayor. Councillor Ford. Would this also, Jim, cover the, uh, like your average homeowner? Like I've never seen it done before, but I've heard of people doing it where they do their own oil change or they'll go to the, go to your local uh, drain on the side of the road and dump their oil in there and or even at the RV dump station. Is that yeah. under this? No, it's covered under a, a separate policy for that one there. And we have had instances for that, of that, uh, even one going back about two years ago where we had a major issue with uh, an RV that was uh, releasing a or a truck that was releasing a fair bit of oil into our storm system. And there's a penalty system under that policy for that? There, there will be. And there's also, you know, internal environment. I think on that one, there was a fine that was uh, that came through environment on that one. Thank you. Any further questions, discussion? Councillor Scammerhorn? So it, it sounds like your $50,000 penalty there is actually directly related to like a cost of say, you know, reseeding all the bacteria in our wastewater treatment plant. Oh, kills yeah, they say a complete um, emptying of those uh, uh, aeration tanks. So definitely not an arbitrary, just high number to scare people off. It is uh, tied to a direct yep. cost. Great, thanks. And if anything, we're probably a little on the light side but I felt that 50,000, you know, was enough of a deterrent. Okay, any further discussion? Would somebody like to move us forward with a motion? Councillor Good? I'll move first reading. Okay, any further discussion? Okay, we'll vote on Councillor Good's motion to go to first, or to have first pass first reading. <laughs> I'll get it right, yeah. All those in favor? It looks like it's carried. Uh, Madam Deputy Mayor, I'll go to second reading. Thank you, Councillor Downing. Any discussion? Okay, all those in favor of second reading? It is carried. Uh, anything further? A motion to go to, uh, to go to third reading. Okay, motion to go to third reading. All those in favor? It is carried. Uh, I'll go for third reading. Councillor Scammerhorn moves third reading of uh, this new bylaw. All those in favor? Great, it is carried. Thank you, Mr. McQuaig and your staff. You. Okay, next we are at hmm, unfinished business. Uh, Mr. Parker, don't seem to have any. Uh, new business, we have a briefing note with the MPC minutes of a meeting held on August 10th. Um, does somebody who was there wish to speak to that? Well, I could speak to it, I think, <laughs> but this is the one where we, uh, the MPC was asked to um, uh, pass a, uh, a variance on, um, the size of the Catravas school, I believe they had money for an extra 200, uh, I don't know if it was square meters, I guess. And we passed it and onwards they went. So that was about it, unless, Dawn, anything? No? Okay. Uh, would Madam Deputy Mayor, if yeah. I may interject, uh, going back to the bylaw, there was a separate request for a resolution uh, in order to repeal the existing vacuum trucks dumping policy. Okay. Would someone like to uh, uh, move that? Uh, Councillor Good? Okay, moves to repeal the uh, policy on vacuum truck dumping. All those in favor? Thank you, and it is carried. Thank you, Ms. McQuaid. Thank you. Okay, uh, do we have to do anything with the MPC? Do we accept it? Except yeah, for uh, information. Okay, Accept uh, the uh, new business item, the MPC minutes as uh, information. 
Someone would move that, please. Uh, Councillor Downing, great. All those in favor? It is carried, great. Okay, we're on to reports. Um, first up is Community Services, the CAO month end report. And who would like to start us off on this one? I can start off. <coughs> Excuse okay. me. Uh, thank you very much, uh, your uh, worship council. Uh, before you is our uh, report for the month of September. As you can see, it's uh, quite a bit of uh, COVID issues and also dealing with the election. Uh, we are uh, preparing for our emergency plan, which we're going to be doing a tabletop exercise a little later. Um, we brought uh, uh, our interdimensional development plan with the Northern Sunrise. We brought an issue before uh, council for review and comment. And we did the code of ethics conduct for municipal employees, which was redrafted and presented in September and eventually passed. And um, yeah, election, election, election. Oh, and we did some stuff in election. So that's basically it. Uh, if you have any questions, I'd be more than happy to answer. Um, and then the second part would be corporate services. And uh, Michael would be more than happy to uh, go through that if uh, council has any questions. Any questions for uh, Mr. Parker? If council okay. is curious, we had 619 electors through the first advanced poll days. Great. And uh, your staff is uh, very organized according to some comments. So thank you very much for that. Um, next part, the uh, corporate services, any questions? Uh, uh, Comments or questions from uh, Mr. Tra Trabush? I'll get your name right, correct, correct yet. <laughs> it looks like uh, things are getting organized for big budget discussions. Um, yes, thank you, um, Madam Deputy Mayor, member, uh, members of council. My first few weeks was uh, very um, involved with becoming familiar with the different departments at the town of Peace River, the key leadership team, as well as reaching out to uh, my department supervisors and managers and getting to know them and really uh, learning what a wonderful team they really are. I've also reached out externally and had an opportunity to meet extensively with Shores Jardine, our law firm that's been assisting us with our ICF arbitration with the MDF piece. And I must compliment that team um, from Shores Jardine, both Kathleen and Gwendolyn have been excellent resources and extremely uh, talented lawyers in, in working with our municipality. Um, also reached out externally to Mars Norris Penny or MNP and met with our um, lead uh, manager on our audit um, and have developed a, a, a monthly standing coffee meeting at uh, one of our local coffee shops to get to know our uh, auditors better and, and, and also learn about some of the, the work and recommendations that they've been doing on behalf of the municipality. Um, and in between all of that, we've been working very busily on getting our internal team trained up and ready to um, input our budget for 2022. So we've been busily uh, working away and doing lots of training with our staff. I think we've now trained over 20 people um, on a system called Questica, which is probably a municipality's best friend when it comes to budgeting. So um, a lot of activity has been taking place in that, that software. And this year we've actually endeavored to turn on uh, the capital budgeting component of that software as well, thanks to some of the hard work that Jim's been doing for us or Mr. McQuake. Thank you, Mr. McQuake for that effort. Um, what else would I like to highlight for you? Oh, yes, of course, we have some ongoing recruitment as well in our department, um, uh, an admin assistant peace officer program, and as well as our IT um, person, the systems administrator, we're also uh, currently recruiting for that. Moving on into protective services, there's some, some statistics for you there on page 21 of 72 in your uh, council packages. Just some quick um, statistics for you there. Alarm calls um, in the month of or year to date to September are making up 38% of the fire department's activity 
but that really only translates into 69 man hours. So that's kind of like that, I guess, thorn in your side that we have to respond to um, alarm calls that 99% of the time turned out to be false, turn out to be false alarms. Where a lot of the man hours are, are spent is really in exterior and structure fires, 244 hours on exterior fires and 382 hours on structure fires. Uh, second to that is motor vehicle collisions with 126 man hours year to date to September 21. If you flip the page to 22 of your package, you'll note that on September 12th, we had one major structure fire and I'm still learning my uh, addresses and buildings in our town. And I think that that building, someone will have to help me out with the name of the building that we lost. Um, Mr. Parker, the major structure fire, do you recall what that building name was? Yeah, it's, it, it was known as a restaurant, uh, God, just a mental block there. Long ago, depends on how long ago you want. Yeah, to that's right. Yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> it's had, a building beside the Royal Bank, Michael. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. get it. It's, the last it's had various. Uh, it has had various uh, stores within it. Put it that way. All right. The last well, business that was in there was Juliet's. Juliet's. All right. My last walk down to the coffee shop at the south end of town here, I did notice a void in the street block there. So I'm assuming that's where we lost that one particular facility. Um, moving on quickly with some more highlights. Uh, community peace officers, not a lot of activity to report there. They are... Um, very much in a recruitment position. So we are actively still recruiting to get our CPO complement up. Um, 11 speeding charges were laid in August uh, for highlighting there and two tra other traffic safety act violations. And then in case reports, the lion's share of uh, 23 or 96% were for calls for service. And Does calls um, for service mean like bylaws or I'm actually else? gonna ask that same question because I will fess up and admit I'm not hundred percent sure I'd have to reach back to uh, Mr. Harris um, for a better explanation that unless Mr. Parker can answer that. Um, it, it, when they do case reports, yeah. So when they're doing some bylaw, it, it should be uh, under that uh, calls for service, yeah. Okay, thank you. Thanks. And then just one last highlight, the um, fire department did go ahead and successfully procure their new self-contained breathing apparatus equipment. That was a capital budget item approved by council for the 2021 budget for 124,500. So that particular project's now procured and complete. And we, the other big ticket procurement item in the fire department, of course, is for the aerial fire apparatus, which we recently tendered. And I believe, yes, the closing date was actually today. So the administration will now be um, moving forward with reviewing the bids that were submitted under that tender. And that's it for corporate services. Thank you. Um, everybody seems very busy in the fire department. They also had another fire, which I don't think is included maybe in this one, or maybe it is. Um, the former building over by the curling rink sort of thing. Yeah, I think that was in October though. Yeah. So, yeah, so. It's to come. So anyways, very busy and with the election and uh, stuff and COVID layered on top of that, everybody earns their pay, I would say more than. <laughs> okay, thank you for that. Are there any questions, councillors, on that report? Councillor Needham? Yes, uh, more of a comment, Michael, uh, in your steep learning curve, uh, uh, you mentioned the 244 number, and that certainly jumped out at me on the chart, uh, the total hours. And uh, <clears throat> a council about 10 years ago passed a bylaw that allows, allows a municipality to charge back 
care services beyond the basic service. Uh, I guess the only point I'm making, and, and we of course had quite a discussion about that at our council table, uh, we sort of inherited that policy. However, it's still in the books. I guess the point I'm making is that 244 is a big number. That's a lot of manpower. I presume Chief Harris will look at it closely and if it's applicable, then he will take action. And if it isn't, he won't. And of course the argument typically is if it's additional services beyond the basic that it's recoverable through an insurance policy. So I, I guess, Michael, I'm just making you aware of that if you weren't aware of it. And uh, again, that, that's just a big number for me when I look at that cost on there. Uh, I don't have a request other than to uh, bring it to your attention and maybe you could renew it or review it with Chief Harris and uh, uh, see if there's any cost recovery. And if there isn't, that's, that's fine too. I wasn't suggesting a piling on exercise on top of grief that already exists for those that have lost a building. But we do have a policy and uh, we should have a discussion about it if, it, if it's applicable. That's, uh, that's all I have. And, and if you just let, let me add, uh, one of the reasons why we like to enforce that policy is because what happens, we use is a lot of um, uh, external forces also that come on in to, to assist and we have to pay for those services. So, uh, for example, if, if uh, MDPs comes on in or uh, Northern Sunrise comes on in to assist, uh, we, we pay by a certain rate with mutual aid. Uh, for their uh, uh, vehicles. Actually, MDPs doesn't come in, but uh, you know, uh, if they bring in Brownville or, or uh, uh, Town of Grimshaw or something like that, uh, we do have to pay for their services. So uh, recovering the costs of that helps subsidize those, those, um, those costs that we have to fork out. Thank you. Okay. Uh, thank you for those reports. And now we're moving on to the engineering department. So Mr. McQuaig. Uh, thank you, uh, Deputy Mayor, Council. So this month, uh, been extremely busy with the, the wastewater plant, uh, carrying out uh, the work down there in with the secondary clarifier and the aeration tanks. So uh, through that, and it's been kind of juggling several different parts of uh, that, uh, plant all at once trying to, trying to get everything to work together uh, with the resources that we've got down there. So what has happened down there is uh, we've deferred replacing the internals to a future year right now because in order to, to do that, we need a lot longer uh, time that wasn't available to us uh, to enable to get the aeration tank cleaning completed. So to kind of get everything done in the time frame that we needed to. What we ended up doing is uh, draining the, air, uh, the secondary clarifier tank down, uh, doing our assessment on that. And uh, all through that, we uh, had survey involved to keep an eye on the tank levels to make sure we're, we weren't gonna get ourselves in trouble that way. Uh, we did find uh, quite a bit of damage uh, to the bottom of the uh, secondary clarifier's uh, internals. Uh, we were able to repair and then uh, we've got the top gearbox assembly out for repair right now. We should have that back in this week and reinstalled by the end of next week. And that will get us back into a place where, you know, it will be operational for another one to two years. Uh, but what it does afford us is the time to, uh, we had to use the tank uh, in the meantime, for storage to complete the aeration tank cleaning project. So, which is just wrapping up uh, this week, and we should have both cells uh, back in operation uh, next week. And then uh, with the gearbox assembly back in, we'll probably have the plant back up and up full operation. And we can probably look at taking out the temporary secondary clarifier in about two weeks and returning that. Uh, we've had several discussions uh, with uh, the minister on this one as well, or actually the deputy minister today uh, from municipal affairs, uh, just exploring uh, different uh, options for future grant funding. And I won't still uh, say Parker's thunder on that one. I'll let him kind of uh, update council on that one. And uh, but uh, suffice to say, we've been looking at different options uh, when we go to actually repair the internals 
uh, in a future year for that secondary clarifier because environment has now come back to us and say, no, you need an, uh, a second secondary clarifier train be installed. Uh, and so I've asked uh, environment for a letter to that effect because- So right now we have one and now we need two? Yes, that is what Fine. environment is telling us. And I said, I need that in writing. Uh, because then, you know, when I go to look at applying for an AMWIP grant in November, that is going to form part and parcel of that uh, grant application where I'm going to be requesting money for repairing the existing clarifier, plus the installation of a whole new secondary clarifier. So we'll see uh, what uh, comes of that. But there again, if the province is uh, pushing back on us for that, we'll look at seeing what uh, grant funding we can secure uh, to accomplish that. So uh, we've had both Public Works and our Water Operations uh, team. Basically, that has been their month last month, is being involved in that in that project and supporting that project in, in various facets, uh, whether it be uh, assisting the team down there or hauling sludge to the biosols lagoons uh, for disposal but it's been a fairly busy month for them. We have been able to uh, accomplish a couple other projects uh, this month too. We had uh, a bit of our line painting finish up with what resources we have. Uh, we weren't able to secure our normal paint resources that we would normally secure in a normal year. Uh, we've tried various suppliers and just uh, haven't been able to find materials. We've had to borrow materials from other areas uh, uh, from transportation and from other municipalities uh, to do what we've had to do. But I think we've got some of the uh, crosswalks that were uh, requested uh, last year. We've got those ones uh, painted in. So those are complete, including the one uh, up by the hospital. That crosswalk is now in. And uh, I think there was another one on 90. I want to say 98th Street, there was another crosswalk put in, and then there was one over by the uh, Smitty's. Over by the Smitty's, thank you. So, uh, planning and development wise, we've been uh, fairly busy with a couple uh, developers uh, trying to uh, get their projects uh, going. Uh, basically, uh, we haven't had any delays on our end. It's been on developers trying to figure out uh, things that way. Uh, I do, do want to extend some kudos to my department for you know uh, getting that PV Mart uh, development off the ground and you know working with our developers and coming to an accord on those and getting those developments going. As you can see, that uh, the PV Mart's underway. And uh, I think that's all I'm going to kind of uh, chat with you about tonight, unless you have any other questions. Councillors? Well, I noticed a, a couple of things. Um, one, um, Peace River Bridge Construction Coordination. So the last we heard was that River Road should be open sometime in November. Has there been any further timing on that? That's, that's what uh, Alberta Transportation, I talked to them last week about that, and they reaffirmed that, you know, they're start, still targeting beginning to mid-November to have that back open. It will be open throughout the winter, and between ourselves and the bridge team, we'll make sure it'll be graveled over during the winter, and then we'll look at paving that uh, next spring. And it will not need to be closed down for any major length of time in the future for any bridge uh, staff? They, they will have to do uh, some brief closures next summer on okay. that one, but they're not looking at doing any closures over the winter on that one. Great. And I noticed also one of the items, the bridge lighting controller implementation. Yes. So what's that about? So that one there is under the underpass for the new bridge. Uh, there is some LED uh, lighting controls that uh, is in multicolor type uh, lighting assembly that's under there. And so the intent is uh, during summer festival days that we can light up the, the bridge in, in different colors. Uh, so uh, I was ho actually hoping that was gonna be in place and operational for Orange Shirt Day, 
but yeah. uh, we didn't make that date, but maybe we can light it up orange for Halloween. Maybe uh, I've got uh, the uh, team that's going to commission the controllers. They're coming up towards the end of the month and then I'll sit down with them and then uh, control will be by the, the town after that point. Uh, Alberta Transportation is just turning that over to us. Uh, we've already installed uh, our radio system that we need to interconnect with that one so we can control that from the office. But, uh, and we've kind of uh, done some consultations with uh, community services to see what uh, various uh, holidays that we can come up with uh, for, for lighting, what type of lighting patterns that uh, we might look at and what colors we might put into effect. So for the walkway under the bridge, is Alberta Transportation responsible for its upkeep, like snow removal, say graffiti, any stuff like that, or has, does it become the town's part of its it, trail? It will system? be the town's uh, in terms of snow clearing and you know just kind of garbage maintenance and things like that. Uh, in terms of infrastructure maintenance, so if there's any concrete repairs or anything like that, that will be by Alberta Transportation. Okay, and I'll go yeah. onwards then. Uh, Jim, I was just going to say, well, well, the deputy mayor was querying you on that. So, so next spring you're going to do the street, but I presume so. Then next spring you're going to do the berm as well, and then so that it it like it's. Pretty rough shape right now. So does, yep. does the berm does the berm get re repaved? Up? Yeah, all that will get uh, redone at that point. Uh, we've had uh, several discussions with Alberta Transportation on that, on repaving 90th, uh, repaving 90, uh, 94th under the bridge, so that section of River Road to get repaired, uh, and over by the boat launch, making sure that gets recompleted. Great. So we'll be dependent upon those those um, pavement plants, I guess. Uh, Mr. Ford, did you have a question, or you're okay? No, I'm fine. I was just going to ask about the uh, if the paving to the uh, Lower West boat launcher is going to be done at the same time, and uh, Mr. McQuaig beat me to it. Great, Councillor Downing. Uh, thank you, Madam Deputy Mayor. Uh, so I'm not sure you were completed there, uh, Elaine, but Jim. When will we upgrade our RV dump, Sandy dump there at the same time next spring? And so did that get repaired? Yeah, so uh, the actual repairs that we had to repair, we've already completed those repairs. So okay. the underground wa water line we repaired earlier this year. So okay. all those are done. So the only thing we're waiting for is for transportation to finish up on their end and get that repaving done. And, and then we'll have that returned fully to service. Okay. Uh, I, I have another question, Madam Deputy Mayor. So, Jim, uh, under engineering services, operations and maintenance engineering, you said hot water tanks for Baytex to be used to boost temperature for Zamboni units. I've never seen that on there. What's that all about? Okay, so those are some instantaneous hot water tanks that are to supplement the main boilers uh, for the Zamboni units, and those are currently installed into the Zamboni bays. Okay. So uh, we, they got installed towards the end of last season. So we're gonna try them for a full season and just see how they kind of uh, uh, work for the, the, uh, the rink team down there. And uh, before I do any other final adjustments to that one there, but uh, talk to them, you know, it, it is doing what uh, they need it to do for them down there. Okay. albeit uh, maybe not as quick as they would like, but it is accomplishing what they need. Okay. But Jim, Jim, just to clarify though, I, I think the issue was the supply of hot water, was it not? It is. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it's so hot water, makes, hot water makes better ice. Yeah, yeah. yeah some bony okay. units, they need that water to be at a certain temperature to, to lay down that good ice. So. Okay, so, so one more, uh, uh, question Jim is around snow removal and I meant to say it in the in the during the bylaw discussion but I've forgotten now I'm remembering are we going to do a, a little information session about snow removal uh, because we made some changes to our snow removal plan at the end of the season last year or when was that March February? yeah, yeah. And so uh, 
we are rolling that out again. Uh, it was my intent to put it into the last utility mailer. We're aiming for this utility mailer to, to get that information out in. And just a reminder to, to people about the, the program that's changed. Thank you. And I have one more Baytex question, but it may be for Tanya. I'll put it out there. And if it's for Tanya, we'll wait to hear her. I've been approached by two people about heating for the outdoor rink for putting on your skates. Is that something that's just not happening or? No, that's a, an entire capital project in itself to build something a, a, some sort of a shed a changing room that would be a new capital project yeah thanks that that heater above the along the roof there above the skates that's not a thing or what no <laughs> there isn't one there so unless somebody's put one there so there isn't one no there is Thank a better but uh, yeah at minus 40, will it make a difference? Yeah, probably not much. Your your head would be warmer. Your toes wouldn't. <laughs> any, any real hockey player knows how to put on a pair of skates and a pair of Sears catalogs around his ankles and go skate on a Saskatchewan slough. So it's character building. Yeah. Part, part of being Canadian. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, and one last question for me. Um, I noticed on cemetery operations that um, you're getting a list together for the veterans who are interred at the cemetery for the Rotary Club's Remembrance Day commemoration. So is, is this what I've seen advertised for Rotaract uh, doing a project there as well with maybe some schools or is yeah, that there's, something else? There's uh, two programs out there. One is one by Rotary and then there is another veterans group and I, being a vet, I should remember the name for them, but uh, they're very—they're more into the headstones where uh, Rotary is looking at doing the flags. Great. Uh, last post society. That's yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. So, um, anything further in the report that someone would like to ask a question of? I'd just like to clarify one thing um, uh, as uh, Director McQuaig was going through it, he was talking about line painting and everything. Normally we try to do our line painting in the spring, but this year we couldn't get paint until literally, was it September? And, and in some cases we had to buy it off of some private contractors. Um, so that's why the process was really late this year. So uh, yeah, basically uh, that's up. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Anything further, councillors? So we're on to community services and Ms. Bell. Good evening, <clears throat> Deputy Mayor and Council. Uh, the report before you is in regards to our September events for community services. And the bulk of our activities um, are COVID related. We had a significant amount of time and energy put into the development of um, implementing the REP program, which the province announced sort of mid-September. Uh, there was quite a, a number of adjustments. Even as we rolled out the, the program at the facility, we also had to make some adjustments for our user groups, unfortunately. Um, wasn't a super clear-cut process, but we managed to fairly successfully implement starting on September 27th. And so far it's been going fairly well at the BTEX. Um, staff are reporting and I've been down myself assisting my frontline staff to um, check proof of vaccine or uh, rapid negative uh, testing. Um, and, and generally it's been fairly positive, fairly okay with uh, members of the public coming to the facility. The pool reopened this week and also has had a similar experience. So that's, that's good to note. Um, pool was shut down for the entire month of September. The staff provide you a full listing of all their uh, fun activities that they were involved with there where there was a lot of work put in place. This is a requirement to keep our water quality levels um, above standard. So shutdown is one of the uh, requirements for our facility on an annual basis. 
a number of capital projects are proceeding and close to being done. The 103rd Street Playground, it will be installed starting this week. Saddleback Park trails are being installed. Um, that started a number of weeks ago and they're anticipating completion later this week, early following week. Um, and Orange Shirt Day, uh, quite a number of my staff were involved in the St. Augustine Mission Pipe Ceremony and also the Riverfront Park event that were hosted by uh, Peace Regional Aboriginal Interagency Committee and also a part of our uh, involvement with the Truth and Reconciliation Committee. Um, on a, uh, just the, the line painting note, we too in Sport and Rec have had a similar experience and have had a very difficult time getting line paint for our fields. It's a very specific field paint. We did order some early on in the season, but it's never quite enough, not quite enough for football. And we're um, using other options to fill in the blanks as it were. It's interesting that there are sort of impacts to some of this COVID situation, and I wouldn't have thought line painting or field paint would be one of them, but it has been. So the supply for field paint has been really tight this year. It's very unusual. Um, those are sort of the basic highlights, I guess, if there's any other questions. Councillor Ford. Well, when it comes to being a football ref, we had have had not any issues with line painting down on the, on the field. The main field, yeah. Yeah. That's all of the enough paint we have is the one field. <laughs> Most of the fans say that your refs are blind anyway, Lawrence. I, I, don't, know, I, I don't know why you need lines anyway. <laughs> That's an unrelated town issue, just saying. <laughs> um, I've got extra jersey coming on Saturday. Oh, the pool landscaping, Miss um, Bell, oh, is yes. coming along, is it? We are very close. We just have a little bit of some strips of concrete to pour between the space of the existing sidewalk and where the new retaining wall has been put in place. So there's little bits to be finished up, but that should be done this week at the very latest early next week. They're making great progress and those two new retaining walls look great. Just a note on that, we are replacing like for like. Um, there's good reasons to keep your um, existing um, level that we have at the facility. So we're following the engineers and architects recommendations and replacing like for like on that particular project. And the um, installation of the garbage bin um, out back or out front or depends on which angle of the building you're looking at will also be completed this week. And it'll be a, a nice update and ensure that um, not very aesthetically pleasing garbage bin is has a lovely, more aesthetically pleasing enclosure. So the cement, uh, well, something just happened here to my screen. I don't know what, but anyways, <laughs> I'm scared of it now. Um, anyways, um, the cement, so it would have a life expectancy of forever almost, would it not? The, in terms of the, the blocking or the actual poured? The, uh, well, the actual wall itself. Uh, oh, uh, Mr. McQuaid could probably speak to the lifespan of, or the life cycle of those uh, blocks. For that, you're probably looking at look about 25 years. Yeah. Really? And the wood would have last lasted? Oh, well, your wood's probably, you know, 15 to 20 years. It depends upon what type of wood you're using, how you're installing it. And so many times somebody drives their car into the front of it. Yep. I think, yep. I, I think it's more like it. 10. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for that. How, how often uh, other, uh, Councillor Downing. Thank you, Madam Deputy Mayor. Uh, Ms. Bell, just going back to the retaining wall, the swimming pool. So it looks great. Um, that's all looking really fabulous, that whole area. But the swimming pool looks like it needs a paint job. It's probably time. I don't okay. disagree. Yeah. Okay. Just <laughs> uh, I was approached again about drop-ins at our Baytex. We're doing no yep. drop-ins, correct? Oh, yeah. We're fully open with the, with the rep program, we can offer absolutely everything. And that's the reason why we chose that route 
If we didn't do the REP program, we would not be able to offer drop-in programming. Yeah, same at and the pool. So at the in the REP program, I understand that uh, a negative COVID test also passes the, That's the mark. That's correct. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Just with, yep, thank you. you. Within how long for the negative COVID? 72 hours, yeah. Okay, thank you. Uh, Councillor Scammerhorn? Um, thanks. That field that's to the east of the pool there, <clears throat> it's really good at growing lots of greenery. Yes. Um, and now that the landscaping at the pool is kind of all, you know, sorted out, and we're sort of maybe done, you know, driving on that field. Is it, is it becoming uh, something? It would need to, if we're looking at uh, significantly improving the site for sport use, we'll need to put it in as a capital project. Okay. Um, but the intent right now for the upcoming spring 2022 is to attempt to overseed it again. We've overseeded it twice, but the, this mother nature did, she was not helpful this year at all with any seeding programs um, because we don't have irrigation at the site. So it was very unsuccessful, hence why the weeds won and, and the grass did not. So our intent is to keep cutting it as part of a regular program starting in the spring, overseed it and um, uh, work on getting the grass growing yeah, is the intent. The park staff had cleaned up quite a lot of it uh, removed large clumps, rocks, that kind of situation. And now we'll have the contractor clean it up again from, they used it as a lay down area as opposed yeah. to the parking lot. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. We're not intending to make it a full sports field level for 2022. Just getting it to a green uh, space, less weeds, more grass is the goal. All right. Well, chemicals might have to be our friends there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's possible. <laughs> Actually, um, if you the more you cut, the more grass will choke out the weeds. So that's the plan for this this upcoming spring. All right. Thanks. Uh, Ms. Bell, I also note that uh, snow shoveling program is underway, at least application wise, <sighs> or how's that? Yes, and it's always, uh, and I sigh because that's a sign of the change of seasons. Um, mind you, Southern Alberta got the snow this weekend and we had the sunshine. So, you know, maybe maybe we'll get more sunshine longer. Uh, yeah, the seniors and uh, individuals that require physical assistance for the Snow Angels program is being launched again. We don't have a commitment from our um correctional center for this winter if they'll be able to come out and do as they've done in pre-COVID years um, and assist with snow snow shoveling for seniors so this is the um, program that we've put in place looking for volunteers and neighbors to help out yeah so applications are open thank you uh, any further questions uh, for Ms. Bell Okay, would someone care to move the acceptance of the three reports for information, nine, one, two, and three? Uh, Councillor Good, all those in favor? Great, it is carried. We're now on to information items, and the first of which is North Peace Housings Foundation Board Synopsis for September 1st. All right. Uh, Councillor Scammerhorn? Okay, so, so far uh, of those Provincial properties that North Peace Housing had turned over to their possession to sell, we sold four and are still getting calls about others. Uh, this is good because this is this is capital that we now have to use towards other housing projects and we can direct towards uh, our, well, the next document in the sheet there, which is the 2021 to 26 strategic plan. Now, if you are at all familiar with uh, the strategic plan or the long-term plans for North Peace Housing, um, from from earlier, this is a this is a redo, and it is gorgeous to read. It is very easy to follow, very digestible. So, if you haven't yet had a chance to have a look through that, it will show you very clearly the direction that the foundation is headed in and where their priorities are for for the next while. So, yeah, really exciting document, really easy to to pass out and and uh, get people to have a look at and see where the foundation is headed and. And good things, you know, on the way for Peace River in there. So 
Um, counselors, any questions? I've got two. <laughs> Um, one, I note there's um, a concern about the HVAC system at uh, Heritage Towers and uh, basically the province uh, being a little behind in giving approval for uh, the application or something. Yes, uh, the, the, that's quite an interesting little situation being that it's on like the seventh floor in the building. So, you know, one doesn't just, uh, you know, bolt it off and bolt a new one on kind of thing. So. Yeah, big cost there. And then with that, uh, with us not being able to get access to the funding in time to secure, you know, contractors to go and actually do the job. Uh, we are, uh, yeah, we're up against the, a winter with it. Uh, one more winter than we wanted, unfortunately. So we can't, uh, we can't out of the foundation dollars give an advance on that to get the process started, unfortunately. So our, we've kind of had our legs cut off on that one a little. Um, which is unfortunate. So there's contingencies in place, obviously, but it's not a plan we would hope to have to enact. Hmm. Okay, so anybody talking to our MLA uh, could bring up that topic, maybe too. Um, the other question I had has to do with the strategic plan under, um, well, it says organizational branding number four. Anyways, prioritize curb appeal of properties and so on. Um, does that mean that if residents want to, that they might have a, a, a little bit of gardening activity that, could, that will happen, say at the apartments on the West Hill? Oh, at the uh, Garden Corps apartments or, mm -hmm. or whatever. That, uh, that one, I'm not 100% sure on for that property specifically you're getting a little bit too deep in the details yeah. for, for just a plain old director like myself but yeah. uh yeah we, i mean so i mean we do like so, so as, as like public housing units in in town i mean we, we have 81 in in peace river right so that's that's a lot of properties obviously to look after and and uh and the residents if they're you know not, not you know not, not keeping up with uh, some of those things but but we do want to um yeah, raise the stature of the foundation in that we we are good, you know, community citizens mm -hmm. who are making sure that Peace River is as gorgeous as it can be. And and that's 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 one of the ways that we can do that is making sure that the properties we do have care and control over are 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 better. Um or as good as the reason I asked was uh, one of the residents there asked uh, uh, about uh I don't know, water so that they could water flowers or something in the front. Just yeah. bring it to your attention, but. Garden, you know. the, yeah, the, the garden court is a bit of a funny place in that. Um, and this has been a communications limitation, I think, for people coming in is that it is, it's essentially, it's an apartment building. And it's not like lodge light. So, so the, uh, so the, I think the, the expectation that people have when they come there is one thing. Um, but the reality is, is you're, you know, you are, you're, you're in an apartment building and, and you have all the, uh, all the freedom of, of taking care of things there that you would in, in, you know, generally any other apartment building. So, so it isn't, uh, it isn't the same experience. And I think there's a disconnect in the expectation for when people do move in there. Plus, I mean, I mean, you've got people moving in there from, you know, they, they, they just sold the farm and they're moving in there. And now this big gigantic, you know, acreage that they used to take care of is now they're in an apartment and it's, it's a bit of an adjustment period. So, uh, you know, the green thumb doesn't get exercised as much as it used to at the old place, you know, kind of thing. So, so there's, there is a bit of an adjustment to be had there, uh, un unfortunately. And, and uh, our friend, Mr. Good is, uh, is, uh, you know, working on making sure that that stuff is communicated as, as best as possible to people coming in, but it's a, uh, it's a tough, tough go to make everybody happy in a 60 or unit building. So which is pretty full by the looks of the stats. So that's I good think, too. Yeah, two, two or three shy of being full. So we are happy to see that happening. Hmm. Okay, thank you. Any further questions uh, for the North Peace Housing reports? Okay, would someone care to move the information items 10, um, one and two? Um, uh, Councillor Scammerhorn, all those in favor? It is carried. Okay. So, do we have any notices of motion, Mr. Parker? No. 
any comments from the public? Mrs. McQuaig? There are none, madam. Thank you. Uh, key communication items. Councillors, what would you put forth? Don't forget to vote on Monday. Election, good. Our new uh, bylaw, Madam Deputy Mayor. New bylaw for the HydroVac, yes. Um, maybe hmm. just uh, a news item on how the water clarifier is coming along. Mm -hmm. and, um, mm -hmm. The fact that we need a secondary, secondary clarifier. Yeah, unfortunately. Which is funny and expensive, expensive too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fun. so we've got those. Um, we're now at section 14 and we have an item in closed session. Would someone care to move us into closed? Uh, Councillor Ford uh, moves that we go into closed uh, session at 6.06. All those in favor? Great, it is care. Okay, I think we're, I think we're all back. Um, so would someone care to move adjournment? Uh, Orrin Ford, thank you. Byron, was there anything you wanted to say? Oh, yeah. Um, so I, yeah, so early we were discussing about uh, North Peace Housing. So we did get the grant from the province. It's, it's not the time, we don't have the funds in the time that we might want, but the province did grant us, geez, I want to say 600,000 for those upgrades in the uh, Heritage Towers there. Um, and so I should, I should probably mention that. I was sounding a little ungrateful earlier. So the timing of it is not, is a concern. It's not the approval of it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. Thanks for clarifying. Yes. Okay. Um, where are we at here? Uh, I think Orrin had is going to move adjournment at 7.30. All those in favor? Great. Thank you. It is carried. Thanks, everyone. See ya. Have a good evening. Have a good evening, everybody. Good evening, everybody. Thank you. Good everyone. Good luck with the election. Good luck.